Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of the Showbound podcast presented by Axel Watches. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, once again, joined by Ethan Cardwell. Cardsy, what's up, man? How was your Christmas? Uh, it was good, man. Just uh, obviously with isolation coming up, got to see a little bit of my family before uh, before that happened. So it was good to see all of them before we kind of shut her down here. But uh, no, good Christmas all in all. How about yourself? You get anything cool? Nothing. Um, I know you got a new pod, Mike. That looks nice. Yeah, man, I'm rocking the new pod, Mike. And then actually, I got lucky. Santa brought me uh, a surfboard too, which I, I was looking for. So I'm be shredding some waves behind my boat uh, when summer comes and the ice is thawed out. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you there. You can count on that. <laughs> um, I uh, we we got a big episode, man. What a, we just got off the interview with Robert Thomas of the St. Louis Blues. You let me uh, read out this resume for the fans here. Two-time OHL champion. Memorial Cup champion, World Junior Gold Medalist for Team Canada, Stanley Cup champion, all of this before the age of 20, by the way. And I'm pretty sure he won gold at, at the U17s and U18s as well for Canada. Like, just Yeah, I was just about to add that because you missed that at the start. And I was like, is he going to loop back around? And sure enough, he did. But yeah, no, this guy's resume is crazy. And the fans are going to get to hear about his whole career here today. Yeah, we, we get into the Stanley Cup and everything that came with that, the parade and 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 after that was was very interesting to hear so i'm excited uh for everyone to get to listen to this interview and uh we'll get to it in a bit i, I wanted to say cards something funny that kind of happened to me this weekend um i was i was up in my cottage with my dad and my brother uh just hanging out for a couple of days i wanted to go skating on the lake but it wasn't frozen yet so i was just like pretty bored inside um and we were playing poker putting a bit of money on it i actually won like 120 bucks so pretty pretty fired up um <laughs> just yeah big money and uh Anyway, so I'm sitting there playing poker. We're having some drinks and I see this like bird flying around. It, it was like kind of behind the bar in my cottage and it flew, flew over and I was like, oh, there's a bird inside. And it, I look up and it was actually a bat. I was like, oh, that's a bat. Like that's a bat. There's a bat inside the cottage. So, I mean, I don't want to expose my dad, but I mean, he was pretty scared. He ran and kind of locked himself in the, in his room. And my brother and I were just like, how do we get this thing out? So he pulls up his phone. Like we're looking around at bats and we know that they like to be in the dark. So we're like, okay, we got to keep the lights on here and, and turn the lights off like over there and guide it towards the door type of thing. We were trying to trick it, I guess. And, and we, we sent it, we got it down the hall using the lights basically um, to where, to one of the rooms that has a balcony. And we got yeah. it in this room after like 15 minutes, by the way, of like running and screaming. Um, <laughs> and we got it in the room and we shut the door and we're like, okay, it's in the room, but the balcony doors were closed and locked. And now the next step was like, okay, this room's pitch black. The lights are off and the bats in there and we have to somehow get it out. And it was pretty scary at the time. Like when I think about it now, like I would just walk in, I mean, I did, but it was scarier in the moment. And so I didn't want to go in by myself and my brother didn't want to go in by himself. So we were like, okay, we gotta, we'll go in together. Like, let's do it together. There were two balcony doors. So we opened the door like really quietly because they were startled. Like bats get startled from the screaming, I think. And we, we were crawling on the floor because we, we didn't want to like have it fly and hit us in the face. So we were like crawling along the floor. It was super scary. Like a, I felt like a spy mission there. And we ended up opening the uh, the door and uh, basically running out. And after like five minutes, it was out of there. But then uh, the next day, a second bat came in. It was a different one. This one was smaller. And my, my brother actually was able to pick it up and like let it outside. It was It was pretty intense, but man bats are scary like dude yeah i, fly I around fast. yeah same thing for me like i had a bat one time in my cottage and we just grabbed the fishing net and just caught it in the net and then threw it outside and it was like because we have bats always buzzing around the cottage but yeah that that's pretty that's pretty funny man you were so scared of a bat too. dude i was crawling on the floor it was pitch black we couldn't see a thing it was like, i don't know we didn't want to turn on the light because then it would fly around and i'll be all scared so I don't know. That was pretty funny, man. It was just like a weird, weird one. But, uh, and I was pretty hammered. I'm not going to lie. Like it was just one of those, <laughs> but, uh, okay. Let's get into some world juniors talk. We got some exciting games going on, but before we do some sad news that everybody knows now about Kirby doc, who very unfortunately was injured in the pre-tournament game against Russia and, and is not joining Canada for the remainder of the tournament. Uh, what's your take on that whole situation cards? Yeah, dude, I saw a picture um uh, the picture went out if anyone hasn't seen it it's just it's pretty disgusting like yeah it's super weird to see like it's tough i feel bad for the guy captain of a 
star-studded team. Looks like they're teed up for gold here. And just to just to miss out on that opportunity is uh, very unfortunate. But I, I think the, the rest of the tournament, Canada didn't look great against uh, the Slovaks there. And uh, this this episode will come out after they've already played another game. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't think they look great. But their they're opener against Germany, Germany had a short lineup. Um, I know my buddy John Jason Paterka there on Germany. He, he was goal scorer there for them. But uh, he said they were, they were just out of gas. They had nothing left in the tank. And with Canada's lineup like that, they were unstoppable. But I still, from what I've seen in the tournament, Russia kind of falters against the Czechs also. I still just don't see a team that can, uh, that can compete with, uh, with the Canadians when push comes to shove in that gold medal game. How about you? Yeah, I mean, you, you said it very well. Canada seems to, to be the best team in this tournament. But then you hear a lot of talk about the, you know, only five guys on Canada have played games this year, really. Like, um, how much does that factor in in terms of like decision making quickness? And, and like, we have Canada hasn't faced the test of, of I, I don't want to like insult anyone, but of playing a real competitive team like Slovakia, the game was fantastic and competitive, but you go into that kind of knowing Canada is going to win that game. And maybe the Finland game coming up, um, that's a test. And I wonder, you know, those guys on Finland have been playing all season where the, as, a, as a player, Cardi, does that, how much does that matter when you're out, that out of game shape over like six months? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was 10 months for the boys. I know I'm just coming up on 10 months here without playing a game. So it's a huge factor and these other countries have been playing um, through restrictions in their own countries, but it's definitely a factor, but I feel like with their experience, um, some of them have NHL camps under their belt, uh, OHL, WHL, QMJHL titles, just going on deep runs and stuff. I feel like they just know they have the poise and uh, they're just an overall better team, better skill. Um, and I, I think they have better heart and hard work than the other countries, which will allow them, even though they may be a little bit behind in that category, um, to still overcome that and uh, be able to take home gold for Canada. But there was one thing I really wanted to talk about here, and it came to my mind when you mentioned Finland. Uh, they have a kid on their team, Lambert, number 33, uh, and he's not eligible till the 2022 draft. And this kid's something to watch. Um, we're going to see it against Canada. If he doesn't uh, play well against Canada, I'd be very surprised. He's a playmaker all over the ice. So keep an eye out for 33 against Canada. Yeah. And another thing I want to touch on with Canada is, and we didn't talk about it in the last few episodes where we've talked about team Canada, but Devin Levi, man, just, uh, he looks like a stud and I had never heard of him until this thing. Do you know anything about him? No, I, all I know is he came from the CC. Um, so who does it for the fans who don't know, I'd say it's out in Ottawa. It's a junior A league out in Ottawa and it's committed to Northeastern and they, they've had a good crop of goalies go through there recently. So no doubt he'll be a, uh, he'll be a good goalie in the future. And, and we're just seeing the first glimpse of it. Uh, like welcome to the world stage kind of thing, Devin Levi, and he, he's taken it and he's running with it. I think if he's not in net against the Slovaks, uh, it could have could have been a different result. He made some uh, clutch saves there uh, when he needed to to keep them in it, and uh, hopefully he keeps rolling. Yeah, he was fantastic, and uh, it's just interesting. He wasn't invited to the summer camp. He said he knew nobody on the team heading in. Like a guy, you really like. I was surprised, I guess, to hear he's the starter, and, and now I'm not. He he's very definitely earned it, and he looks fantastic. But it, it's a cool story when you hear a guy like that, and this is his first time probably playing on national TV. I would imagine too. Um, and, and these guys have kind of had that experience, like playing the sports net games and, and stuff like that. And he has a lot of eyes on him now. So it's really exciting. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely super cool for him. And yeah, um, for the, for everyone who bought a hat, just want to say thanks again. And, uh, we have a new line of merchandise that uh, just came in and it's actually toques for the winter. So, uh, get yours to stay warm, super comfy. I mean, Raskin's got terrible hair, so you can't see it today and he's doing a good job. The new showbound Tukes doing an amazing job of covering up that, uh, that normal bed head. So uh, everyone should go check out our Tukes and uh, DM us and uh, get in contact. If you want to buy one. I, I honestly, Cardi, you are playing a dangerous game chirping about a hair when you, you look like that. So I, I can fire back pretty easily, but I'll keep it classy. But I mean, everyone knows, I think what your hair looks like. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Yeah, no, look at my hair. You know, I'd say uh, most people would say I got some of the luscious locks in the OHL. Um, who doesn't love good blonde flowing hair, especially on the ice? So I'm pretty confident in my hair. And uh, I don't know. Let's get the fans to back us. Like, maybe we'll have to put a poll up. More so afro than flow. We'll, we'll see. I say we put up a poll on our Instagram story and see uh, who says that who has better hair. 
Yeah, let's do it. We'll do it. Um, but yeah, check out the toques. I'm wearing them right now. I'm wearing it and it's so soft, comfortable, warm. Like I'm excited for for anyone to get these ones. They're really high quality. And and we're definitely gonna be looking to put out some high quality merch only. We I'm excited about uh what's to come. So check those out. And uh some NHL news. Uh another unfortunate one, Henrik Longfist, who we know is out for the season, has now announced that he's set to have open heart surgery. Uh he he posted out on his social media. The last three weeks, my focus has shifted from training camp and the upcoming season to my health and what I can and can't do. Scheduled for an open heart surgery now, aortic valve replacement, aortic root and ascending aortic replacement, to be more exact. We all have our mountains to climb, staying positive here and set on the road to recovery. So, you know, very positive energy from that. And um, it's definitely a very challenging time for him and his family. And for every hockey fan, he's a legend and always will be. So definitely wishing him the best. I'm pretty nervous. I mean, just reading that and hearing it, but, but what do you think about that situation cards? I mean, I'm no doctor. I have no clue what any of those words mean, but uh, open heart surgery, I know is very serious. And uh, I, I think a guy like him, he's super positive. He's super young. And I, I really just hope for the best and wish him all the best. And I do think everything should be all right. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to see him happy and healthy and in, uh, in the near future here. Yeah, and I know he has his heart set on a return to the NHL. It'd be remarkable. It'd be exciting. It'd be the biggest story. So um, all the best to him, and uh, hopefully that goes well, and we'll, we'll keep everyone updated with the when, when there is an update with that situation as, it, as it's ongoing. But also in the NHL, this one today, uh, Corey Perry is signed with the Montreal Canadiens. So um, exciting. Obviously a veteran in the league and someone with playoff experience who knows how to win and, and will bring a lot of leadership to that young Montreal Canadiens team. What do you think about that signing? Yeah, he, he's a wise vet. He's been in the league for a long time. And that kind of takes me into something that we didn't have, actually have uh, written down to talk about, but just something that came to mind. And he was, he was the 13th forward in his world juniors and uh, obviously became a game changer and well-known as one of the best 13 forwards Canada's ever had. And we're, we're kind of seeing that early on in the tournament this year with uh, that Phil Tomasino, Dawson Mercer, even Ryan Suzuki, just being all huge contributors, which uh, they're all potentially that 13th forward or that, that last man in. And uh, they're just making a huge impact for the team. So they could potentially become one of these Corey Perry type stories and uh, similar to Matthew Barzell back in his time too. Yeah, I mean, it must be nice having a 100-point score in the OHL as your 13th forward uh, in Phil Tomasino, and he's just been fantastic in the tournament so far. All of them have. I, seeing Suzuki score obviously made me happy, um, but it, it's just what a lineup, and, and we've gone on and on about Canada, but really this is one of the the greatest teams like that I can remember. I mean, obviously you have those years like 2005, 06, 2009, even like some great teams, but this is just incredible so exciting um and yeah i mean the the cory perry signing is i think it's a great fit it'll be cool to see him play in a canadian market and montreal's made some good moves dragger talked about it last week and and uh they're looking good man they're they're gonna be a good team yeah it's gonna it's gonna be definitely a little bit weird seeing him in a uh canadian sweater as we became so accustomed to him as a accustomed to him as a duck and uh now as a star obviously but uh it'll be different and uh we'll get to see him play more often as it'll be on tv in the uh canadian division but uh just before we send it over to our uh our great interview with robert thomas i just want to say for anybody in the uh, local durham region right now uh obviously we're in lockdown but the royal oak pubs in whitby are offering takeout and uh just have some amazing food really important right now to support local businesses when we can so i suggest everyone go check them out great food great service available for pickup or delivery so go check them out that's the royal oak pubs in whitby and now we'll send it over to robbie thomas we're pleased to be joined now by robert thomas of the st louis blues robbie how's it going man not too bad how are you guys doing we're good fired up to have uh our first stanley cup champion on the podcast (laughs) but uh where, where are you living right now are you in st louis yeah, back down in St. Louis. Uh, looks like camp's getting going soon, so uh, just gearing up towards that. What are, What are you doing now, like on the ice every day or what? Yeah, we got uh, pretty much, I think, four times a week right now and just workouts and stuff, so uh, getting getting ready to go. And uh, I want to know, who are you living with over there? Uh, I'm living on my own now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Ooh. yeah. I got my own spot this year, so. Did, uh, uh, it's 
I was asking Cardi this the other day, not on the podcast, but do you know how to cook? I do actually. Oh yeah. What do you make for yourself? Like what's your, what are you making for yourself now? My go-to, I would say, uh, I got my, uh, my parents got me a nice cast iron pan for, for Christmas. So I've been frying up a lot of steaks with it. Yeah. Uh, I'd say that a little asparagus, um, not a big salad guy. So I haven't been, haven't been dipping too much into that, but, uh, (laughs) Yeah, steak and asparagus, maybe some rice. That, those are kind of the go-tos. Yeah, that's awesome. And then uh, you said you're back in St. Louis now. Uh, obviously, you guys are going to be playing out of your home rink this year. Um, so that's mm-hmm. pretty nice. Uh, but uh, we'll go back to the bubble. Can you, can you kind of just take us through like how, how that was? Obviously, going in as Stanley Cup champions, was there any added pressure heading in there? And then uh, what, what kind of stuff did you do on your free time in there to keep yourself busy? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, kind of the whole all of last year we had a ton of ton of pressure. Everyone, you know, you go in every game and you know the other team's going to play their best. They they want to take you down. Um, and the same thing in playoffs. And uh, you know, Vancouver played us hard and played us well and ultimately beat us. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely a little bit of pressure, but uh, you know, it's it the same thing going throughout the whole year. Uh, day in the life of the bubble. Um, it's it's not too exciting uh pretty much get up you go to the rink if you if you're you know if you weren't playing that night you just practice and then uh you're pretty pretty confined you you pretty much just go to your room or or hang out in the in the players lounge Uh, those are those are your two options and then uh game days are our usual game days on the road yeah and are you a video game guy or anything like that yeah yeah i play play a good amount of video games uh right now i'm on the cod train so uh we were playing uh playing some Warzone in the bubble as well did you have any like funny encounters or, or see any funny encounters i guess maybe some elevator rides that were awkward yeah there's a lot of a lot of awkward elevator rides uh whether it was you know from from the year before us playoff series you know we were we were seeing a lot of dallas in the in the elevators uh coaches management it, it's kind of it's kind of different, uh, especially when you're, you know, you're supposed to be apart from everyone. So uh, that was weird. Bunch of, uh, I remember, you know, a couple of times you'd go, you're in the middle of the series and you'd go out to dinner and you walk in and next thing you see the whole Vancouver team eat dinner there and you're like, okay, I don't want to eat here. So, <laughs> so there's a lot of, a lot of those little interactions that, uh, that you'd run into. Yeah. That's hilarious. I can't even imagine that. Um, Okay, but I want to, we'll, we'll get into more of this uh, Stanley Cup and NHL experience in a bit, but I want to take it back to your OHL career, uh, starting with your first year in London. That that London team that you won a Memorial Cup with in that year was unbelievable. Played with like Mitch Marner, Matthew Kachuk, Victor Mete, like just a sick uh, group of guys. What, what was it like that you're stepping into such a talented team? Yeah, I mean, it was... Uh... It was a good learning experience for me. Uh, you know, I didn't play much that whole year. I uh, started to play a little more in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, the whole year was kind of just a grind. Uh, but it, it, was, uh, it was a good learning experience for me. Obviously, you listed off some of the players we had on the team, and our roster was so stacked uh, top to bottom. And, uh, you know, some of those older guys like Mitch, uh, you know, Dvorak and, and, and Chucky, uh, they were, they were huge for me. They'd always talk to me and I'd kind of just follow them around the rink and on the ice and, and just kind of learn from them. So uh, it was, yeah, you didn't, didn't get to play much, but you got to learn a lot. Yeah. It's funny. We had uh, Brett Wilichka on who is a former London. I played with Marner when he was just coming in and he talks mm-hmm. about him passing his wisdom on to Marner. And then you talk about Marner passing his wisdom on to you. It's just, it's funny. We got the cycle of London Knights knowledge coming on the podcast here, but I, I had an interesting one, I guess. <laughs> when are you going to take LK27 out of your Instagram bio? Yeah. What's that? Uh, on. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I might have to keep it in for a little longer. Seems I don't. Why be, do you uh, guys do that? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> it's kind of just like an inside joke. There's not really too much meaning to it. It's just, uh, it's just kind of funny. So, and it kind of bothers some people. So oh, yeah. I like doing it. It, it bothers me seeing Mitch Marner, one of my favorite players on my favorite team, having LK93 in his like Twitter bio. I'm like, come on, you've been on the leash for like five years. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a funny inside joke. There's not really too much meaning to it, but uh, it's funny. Yeah, and then uh, obviously after your first year, you said you didn't play a bunch, but uh, increased role in your second year, point per game player, and then you ended up going 20th overall to the the Blues. What was that year like, and uh, what was the increase in minutes and? all that kind of just contributed to overall success and a really high draft pick. 
Yeah, I think it kind of just carried on from, you know, the, the playoffs in our Mem Cup run. Uh, and I started to play a little bit more, gained some confidence. And then, uh, you know, the next year is my turn to step up. And, um, yeah, I think I think I, I started at the bottom again my second year and, and just slowly worked my way up. And, uh, you know, World Juniors came around. We had a couple guys go there. And, uh, you know, you get your chance and you just you just run away with it. So uh, that whole year was, was crazy. Uh, I mean, we lost, uh, I think it was Erie in double overtime, uh, game seven in the playoffs as well. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a crazy year up and down. Uh, but then, yeah, the draft was, the draft was awesome. Uh, it was pretty cool celebrating with your, your family and friends. And, uh, at first I had no idea anything about St. Louis. Uh, I'd never, never seen any pictures of the city, had no, no clue about it. Uh, but I still remember, uh, one of the first texts I got was from Matthew who, who grew up in St. Louis and said I was going to love it. So, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty special. And if I'm correct, was the draft in Chicago that year? Yeah, yeah, I was in Chicago. So obviously, was, St. Uh, Louis and Chicago big rivals. So, what was yeah, that? Yeah, I still, I still remember getting booed walking up to the stage. Uh, <laughs> so that was my my first kind of taste of the rivalry. Um, and then obviously, we actually had some crazy games with them last year. So uh, it's a it's a pretty cool rivalry we got going on. Yeah, no doubt about that. And you just talked about um, the Mem Cup. Can we take you back to your first year and just like what was that like, like being a rookie and just winning the Mem Cup? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I think I've gotten pretty lucky in my two rookie years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, people like to say, you know, you're playing with house money now. You can kind of just, uh, you know, see how, see how far you can take it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was a learning experience. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it the whole, the whole first year. And then, uh, you know, the, the Mem Cup was pretty cool. Um, obviously, it's uh, not a lot of people get a chance to, to win that. So, yeah. Uh, that that was awesome, and you know our team is just so stacked. I think we won seventeen in a row to to win the Mem Cup, which is which is pretty ridiculous. Um, and then yeah, I got another crack at it my third year in junior, but uh, I just fell short. I was I was at that game in Niagara that you guys won. It was in Niagara, right? I'm not mixing this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I was, was I was there, and uh, I was disappointed. I, I was a big Ice Dogs fan that year, and um you just steamrolled I think you guys swept the finals like you said it was just like a little bit uh sad for me to watch but but yeah like you said in your third year you got another run in it you got traded to Hamilton and uh before we get into that run you played with my buddy Connor Walters there you got any any funny thing on him he's a weird weird interesting guy yeah Wally he's uh he's Wally's great everyone loves him yeah he's uh he's an interesting character that's for sure uh when you get a couple of drinks in him, he's always he's always awesome to he's, be around. He's that's for a sure. A different man. He's a <laughs> yeah. He's a legend at, at the bars in St. Catharines. There, you got to watch out once he gets a few in him. He's <laughs> he's the man. I love Wally, and um, yeah, I don't know. He's he's just a good leader. He was the captain of our Brock hockey team, and mm-hmm. uh, he's playing in the ECHL now, actually. So that's Saw exciting that. for him. Yeah. But uh, before we get into the, that Hamilton year some more, I got a little surprise for both of you. Uh oh. Oh no. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, <laughs> this kid. Don't tell <laughs> What's me. Up, brownie? Losses must have been free, right? Why oh, you don't like him? <laughs> I kid it. I kid it. I haven't seen your <laughs> losses ever. Yeah, I just want to jump in for the listeners. We're we're joined by Aiden Brown now, former Barry Colt and and friend of Robert Thomas. But <laughs> Brownie, you got anything while you're on here that you wanna you want us, the listeners to know about Robbie? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Pretty good guy. See what you got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, what, what are we talking about? Stories? I was, I, hey, Rob, I was telling Rask about, uh, he was asking me, like, stories about you, like, funny ones. I told him, I said, you only have one career fight, and it's at SAC U16 hockey game. Do you know <laughs> Is that the line draw we had? Yeah, that was like a live ball with St. Mike's or something. I forget who it was. Yeah. I remember going to the room, and you were so pumped after. <laughs> well we had another we had another one in uh we had another one in peterborough there minor hockey that didn't go oh, yeah. too well for you There's though a, i got eight games for that yeah <laughs> oh, dude, my i think those are the only two i've ever been in both with you and line brawls so yeah pretty funny uh brownie you got any stories from playing against him like you you guys remember playing against each other any good battles uh yeah like I remember what was it? It was like a Friday night at the butt, and you posted that pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first time we ever played against each other. Yeah, that was funny. That was weird. I had 
I don't know how I felt about playing against you. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't really have any good stories just because I wouldn't really get paired up with Rob too much. <laughs> <laughs> and Brownie, you're a rat to play against too. Like I can imagine like Robbie's just buzzing around out there towing guys and Brownie's just sticking them right in the chest or stuff like that. It's classic. I, yeah, I try I try to give it to him a bit. <laughs> well, you got that dumb square square toe that would hurt when you slash someone. Yeah, I, I, I still did remember that. that. Not anymore. Cards, you should have seen this thing. It was like a square with a point. It was stupid. A weapon. Yeah. Yeah, just taking people out out there. Not a bad call, though. <laughs> Robbie, did they ask you about your uh, the backyard rink? No, I haven't got to that yet. Well, we'll, we'll get into it. I just, yeah, I don't want to, as much as I want to keep you around, Brownie, we should Wait, keep this. I was spoiling it. Yeah, I just, keep it going. Yeah, hop on and say hi. You got dinner with the girlfriend to get to now, yeah, so I do, I do. Homemade pizza. Uh oh. We'll let you go. Treat. Thanks <laughs> for hopping in, Brownie. Good seeing you. No worries, boys. See you later. Have fun. Uh, see you, Brownie. Yeah, I don't know. I just I figured I'd I'd bring him in as a little surprise guest on the pod this week, but <laughs> Love um, it. he's he's an awesome guy. But anyway, third year in Hamilton, we were just talking about it, and um, what was that playoff run like? Because you went from a, on a team in Hamilton that really didn't get too many fans in the regular season. And as you know, like throughout the rounds until the finals, like you were selling out that building and um, what was it like kind of being part of such a huge movement there in Hamilton? Yeah, I think it was awesome. Uh, I mean, I got the, the first taste of it. We had a world junior exhibition game there um, before we had headed out to Buffalo. And uh, I still remember it was sold out, you know, upper and lower bowl and, you just tell the the passion in Hamilton for hockey um, and they just, you know, the team was starting to slowly build momentum from, from when they first got there to that year. Um, and then, like you said, yeah, every, it seemed like every game, even throughout the regular season, you know, there'd be a little bit more buzz and a little bit more people that would show up and then, you know, come to the, the OHL finals and, and we're selling out the bottom bowl. So, uh, I mean, it's awesome. They do, a, they do a great job. Uh, I mean, Steos and, and Ann Lauer, such great hockey people and, and just such great people in general that, you know, I'm so happy for the success, success that they're having. And then, yeah, you just mentioned the world juniors uh, tune up games and stuff like that. You uh, we were talking about how often you win too. And then this is just crazy <laughs> win a world junior as well to add to uh, the trophy case. So uh, can you kind of take us through that year um, that world juniors, how special it was to represent the country and uh, what it was like just to be able to win gold. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so cliche, but, you know, every, you know, Brownie touched on a little bit there, you know, the backyard rink, uh, every, every Christmas we'd have it up and, you know, guys, you know, my buddies like Brownie and stuff, they'd all come over and we'd all skate on the backyard rink and, uh, you know, my dad would throw a TV in the window so we could watch the world juniors while they're playing and stuff. And, uh, so that's, that's really the dream for any Canadian kid. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it was so cool just, just being there. Uh, and you, I mean, I don't even know how to say it, but, uh, it was just like one of the coolest experiences in my life and, you know, have, have your whole family fly in and, and just see, you know, my, uh, on like my school board, my, my elementary school, they had like, let's go Robbie and stuff like that. And just seeing the whole country support, it was, uh, it was really, really cool. That's pretty sick. And that was the Buffalo year. Yeah. 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 So it was in Buffalo. Yeah, and you got the the outdoor game right with the against the mm-hmm. states. Like, how sick was it to play outdoors? Obviously, the states had the Bills Moff jerseys on too, which was yeah. absolutely disgusting. And then yeah. that, was, that was a great game, obviously. So, what what was that game like? It was awesome. Uh, I still remember the funniest thing was we went up for the first period, and the the stadium was like half full, and we're like, "What the hell's going on here?" Uh, and then you know we went in for the first intermission, came out in the second, and it's just slammed. Uh, and we found out after there was a big accident at the border, so all the Canadians could get over. Um, yeah, so then the, the second and third, it was just it was packed. But yeah, those Bills Mafia jerseys were awesome. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was a really cool game. First uh, first outdoor one, and uh, yeah, the hockey part of it isn't the best, but the rest of it's awesome. So you you talked about the backyard rank. Brownie brought it up. I think we should talk about it and. He Brownie told me that you also have like a real hockey dressing room in your garage. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. My dad put in those uh, like heated lockers or whatever. So no, <laughs> and even after hockey, you just throw your throw your equipment in there, heat it up, and cool down. So uh, yeah, it's awesome. 
we got a great setup going. Oh, like I need to get myself over to your house or something, man. I I'm dying to get on the ice right now. Um, yeah, that's that's great. You have do you have siblings? Yeah, younger brother. Uh, hey. He's at uh, he's in school at Western Engineering. Okay, he must love the backyard rink though too, right? He's a hockey player, I assume. Yeah, yeah, he grew up playing hockey, and yeah, we would always be out there. Uh, me, he'd always come out with my buddies and stuff, and uh, yeah, it was awesome times. Oh, I wish. I'm jealous. Um, all right, we got to talk now. We got to get to the NHL career here. So the next season, you you make it to St. Louis, and I want to know when you were up there. Did you like you have the, those first couple games, like nine or ten games, to kind of get evaluated? They might send you down. Did you know you were going to stick around? And if not, like when did you know that you were there to stay? Um, I mean, you, you kind of, you have an idea, you know, throughout the first couple games and, um, you kind of have an idea of, you know, the plan that they have for you and stuff like that, but it, you, you're still on edge cause you still know it's a possibility. You know, they could say whatever they could say, you know, you're staying up, blah, 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 but you, you never know really until you, you get past that 10th game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I had, a, I, I was hopeful that I was staying up and, uh, you know, I just worked worked as hard as I could and, and tried to play as well as I can to, you know, in the limited ice time you get in, in your first nine games. So uh, those are those are tough nine games. They're they're pretty stressful and emotional. But uh, as soon as you hit that tenth one, it's uh, it's a big relief. Was there like a meeting? Did you get called into the coach or GM's office? Like you're you're staying? Was something go down like that? Um, I'm trying to. Uh, I think it was uh, the GM just kind of pulled me aside. Uh, I think it was in the morning of, of the ninth game before they or my tenth game before they even released the lineup and just kind of said like you're in tonight, you're you're staying up. So uh it's a pretty pretty cool moment. I don't think I wiped the smile off my face for a couple of days after that one, but uh but yeah, no, definitely nerve wracking, especially when he calls you over uh when you haven't even seen the lineup yet. It could go either way. So uh, yeah. that's pretty nerve-wracking no I, i'm even just smiling here and i just imagining how exciting yeah. that must have been um and i want to know did you score your first nhl goal in those nine games no i think it took me i think it took me like 13 games or something like that i don't know the exact number who, but who did you score it on nashville in nashville uh, Pecorine? yeah on oh Pecorine. that's a good one yeah. man. it was it was it was actually a good shot too i i don't usually give myself credit but i I don't know how I scored it. It's a weird one. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I'm going to go go look for that one. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I closed my eyes and just shot it, if I'm being honest. So I, I had no idea where it was going. Got lucky. We'll have to put that one in a clip or something for the Insta Rask. Mm-hmm. But uh, then, obviously, it was just an amazing year for you guys. You went from last place in January, uh, I think it was, to obviously winning the Stanley Cup. So, Mm-hmm. just what was that like you win everywhere you go and then you come to the NHL you're in last place kind of probably thinking like oh this maybe I'm not going to win here and then sure enough you end up uh pulling through with the Stanley Cup what what was that year like and what was the playoffs like when when you guys did it and then the Stanley Cup final yeah I mean even even though we're in last place we kind of we kind of had this feeling in our room and and kind of confidence and a little bit of swagger with our team that you know, once, once we kind of got rolling there that, you know, we could beat anyone, uh, you know, even when we were in last there, we were, we were beating some of the, the top teams in the league, but then we were just losing a lot of other games that we shouldn't be losing. And uh, so it was just fi- about finding that consistency. And, uh, you know, I'm not really sure too, too much as a bunch of little sparks that, that could have happened there. Uh, you know, Bennington, obviously, and uh, a couple other things, but uh, you know, once we started that one win streak, I think we went on a pretty long one. Uh, we, we kind of, we had a good feeling about ourselves and our, our whole thing throughout the whole year was, you know, put us in a playoff series and, and we're a tough team to beat. Like, we'll wear you down. We'll, we'll take it to you. And, uh, you know, a lot, not a lot of teams are going to want to stick in there for seven games against that style. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And then you're in the Stanley cup finals, you've played on the big stage throughout your whole life. Was there any different pressure than you've ever felt before when you stepped out there for your first uh, Stanley Cup game uh, compared to maybe a World Junior Gold Medal or a Mem Cup game? Yeah, I I think so for sure. I think uh, you know you stepped on the. I still remember stepping out for warmups, and there's just a different. There's just a different feeling in the arena. There's a different. You know, the air smells a little bit different. Uh, you know, your adrenaline's going like crazy. Um, so I think I think that was uh, definitely the biggest stage I've been on. 
and uh, you could definitely you could definitely feel the difference. That's for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I've actually this is kind of crazy. So I have James Duffy book, uh, James Duffy's book at home, and uh, mm-hmm. I was I was reading it today. I just go through and stuff, and you're in like the middle of it. Your your little section there, and sure enough, I'm just reading it this morning, and it comes up to your thing. So obviously, I give it a quick read. Um, fitting that you're on today. And uh, I heard about your dad's red flip flops that uh, he wears <laughs> as a tradition. Can you tie, tell the listeners like what what that's all about and how it started? Yeah, so uh, my dad's a, a different cat, that's for sure. And uh, I don't know, I don't know how this started, but we were in the under seventeen tournament. Uh, it was out in Red Deer or something out west, and uh, it's like minus twenty five outside, and he decides to wear these red under armor flip-flops that are just beaten up uh to the final game and sure enough we we won it and you know everyone comes on the ice or whatever and he's still wearing these beat up red flip-flops and so so he's a little bit superstitious and mostly my mom is so she was probably pushing it on him so uh then we got to we got back to London or whatever then the Mem Cup final he decides or him or my mom or whatever decide that oh you gotta wear your red flip-flops uh, and so that that's kind of where the tradition started. And uh, I still remember going into game seven because uh, I wasn't playing that one. Um, but he, he texts me. He's got he's got the red flip flops on. So. Uh, so. So, yeah, sure enough, he comes on the ice with the red flip flops. Yeah, well, when you got that text, you knew it was a done deal and you're a Stanley Cup fan. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that, that's got to be a good feeling there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I want to talk about the parade. I mean, the, and, and everything after that. You, you guys went to Vegas first. Is that right? Or was that what happened there? Uh, no, no. We went back to St. Louis uh, and we spent, I think, like three three nights back in St. Louis and then uh, went out to Vegas for a couple nights. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's, we'll get into that. But first, those mm-hmm. three days in St. Louis, no rules, I think Bennington said. Um, like, what, was, what were those days like there, like right after winning? Yeah. I mean, it, it, was, it was nuts. I don't even don't even know where to start. Uh, I mean, we got on the plane coming to come back from Boston and um, got into St. Louis at like five, 6 AM. And uh, you know, we just kept kind of going on from there. We had a nice little owners owners meeting and, you know, season ticket holders were all greeted us when we got in. Uh, and then it kind of just went wild from there <laughs> leading up to the, to the parade. And the parade was the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. Uh, I mean, there, there was, yeah, like Benner said, no rules, anything kind of flew and, uh, it was actually really cool the way they did it. Like, you know, usually they have you on like cars or whatever, or buses and, you know, you can't really interact with the fans, but you know, in ours, it was anything goes like people were jumping over the railings, you know, slamming beers with fans and, uh, it, it was awesome. Like they were letting us drive mopeds around. Like it was, it was anything flies. Yeah, I I saw this great picture you driving this little moped, or maybe it was like a tricycle or something, and and you look great there. But I mean, I it, it did look like one of the all time like greatest Stanley Cup parades that I've ever seen. Like that mm-hmm. must have been amazing. And uh, I want to know what's uh what's Vince done like? I remember this guy in Niagara seeing him at the bars, and like he was getting every girl he wanted, like always having a good time. Like I can't imagine what's he like in St. Louis now as an NHL player. Oh, Vince is great. He's one of my one of my good buddies, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a great guy. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta keep it PG. Um, yeah. I got one thing about the parade too, Rast. Um, I remember seeing on Twitter, uh, like you were nineteen when you won, right? Still nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everyone knows the drinking age in the states is twenty one, and I just remember seeing a picture, and it's like. Uh, you just slam in a Bud Light, I'm pretty sure, on the in the middle of the streets of St. Louis. And uh, I think the caption was like, Robert Thomas does not give an F about the drinking age. He's a Stanley Cup champion or something like that. And I was just howling. Yeah. Ah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I could have been a little more careful, a little bit more no. careful at the parade. No, but not, not, no as a- not that I... Not that I was going to, I think, uh, I got a couple texts the next day. I guess I was doing a live, you know, TV inter- interview or whatever with a full beer in my hand. Um, so that was kind of funny, but, uh, the, I still remember the one thing I really wanted to do, but I didn't get it done was I was trying to get a cop to, uh, 
like funnel one for me, but no he, he wouldn't do it. Yeah, I tried really hard, but oh man, yeah, I I think that was that was the line, but I, I was pushing it. I was pushing the hey, line. You get the Canadian pass though, too. Like nineteen, you can you get away with it, but uh, yeah. Oh man, like that. The, this is just legendary. Like this, this is unreal. And then, okay, you guys go to Vegas. Like what goes down there? I mean, in what you can say in a family friendly environment. <laughs> yeah i mean uh we had a nice team dinner i think there's a nice i think it was sdk or whatever nice steakhouse uh so we had a nice dinner and then just you know kind of a, a guy celebration uh after that and then went to bed woke up pool party and then left right away and you were you were partying with loud luxury right like those those guys good canadian mm-hmm. djs That's yeah it's cool. pretty cool uh yeah they, they let a couple of the guys on stage with the cup so uh yeah it was awesome Okay, yeah, and before we get into your second year, I just want to know, like, we talked to Tip about it before, about his maybe his rookie dinner when he was on the pod. What was uh, rookie dinner like for you, and like, how big was your uh, was your bill that night? Yeah, uh, I mean, I got I got pretty lucky. I think there was five of us, five or six of us. Uh, we had our, our rookie dinner in in Miami, and um, so that was a that was a hefty bill. Um, I think. I think I had to pay uh, – I got pretty lucky just because of the amount of rookies we had, but I think it was like 7,000 around there. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. Ooh, it was a, yeah, it was pretty lucky. Hit. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. It could have been way worse, that's for sure. Oh, man. But uh, they, they usually cap it. Uh, they usually cap it for, for the young guys, which is good. Yeah, that's that's sick. What was the night like, off, night like after that? You guys go crazy? Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a good day and night, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. And then, yeah, after being a Stanley Cup champion, you established yourself as a uh, NHL player and then uh, an NHL big-time contributor in your second year. You had uh, 42 points in only 66 games in, uh, in your second year in the league. What was it like? Was it just a confidence booster after winning the Cup? And where did all the success come from? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think confidence is a huge part. Um, I mean, the first year – you know, a lot of people just, you know, feel it out. They kind of get used to it. And, you know, the schedule is so tough with travel and, and all that stuff. And, you know, your second year, come you come back a little bit more confident. You know, obviously, especially after winning the Cup, you, you gain a lot of confidence in yourself. So uh, I think that was, a, that was a huge part of it. And, you know, just being a little bit more comfortable out there. Yeah. And now with your third year coming up, you uh, going into your contract year after this one, uh, how do you feel like you can do this year and what are you trying to work on to uh, really excel your game even further? Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me to, you know, kind of excel is just consistency. Uh, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a hard thing to do at a young age. Um, and so I think that's uh that's the biggest thing for me is just be more consistent every night. And uh, you know, I think that'll help my game, you know, as a whole. Um, but yeah, like I, like I said, uh, a little bit more confident, uh, and, you know, every kind of year you just get a little bit more comfortable. You kind of get to know the the way a lot of players play and, you know, what you can get away with, what you can't. So um, I, I think that that kind of – I felt that a lot in the in my second year and, uh, you know, even more so coming into my third. What do you think of the new divisions here in, in this season coming up? Uh, I mean, it'll, it'll be tough. It'll be like playoff series, uh, you know, throughout the whole year. Uh, you know, we got some really good teams in our division, uh, you know, some top teams. We got to play against Petro now uh, eight times. So that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, no, I think it'll, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, I think it'll be good for, uh, you know, fans, uh, you know, a lot of playoff series, a lot of, you know, high intense uh, competitive rivalries. So uh, I think it'll be, it'll be really interesting to watch. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see the Canadian division. Um, you want to send it to some fan questions cards, or you got any more? Yeah, no, I I think I'm all good from my questions personally. But uh, we got a few questions coming in from the fans now, so we'll start it off with who's the best chirper on the Blues? Like who can just dish it to anybody? Ah, uh, I mean, who do we got? Uh, I mean, Perron talks a lot. I don't know. I don't know if his chirps are that good. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think Bozy's got some good chirps just because he knows a lot of guys in the league, uh, so he can get under some guys' skins. Um, I'd say those two, and I know I'm gonna miss out on someone that'll be pissed, uh, pissed I missed out on. But I think Bortuzzo, Bortuzzo's pretty good as well. Yeah, 
Okay, mm-hmm. sick. Oh, and then Rask, we didn't even mention that. Just I just thought of something. Uh, what are your thoughts on O'Reilly getting the captaincy? Like, you got to be super excited. He seems like a great guy. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously, uh, you know, it's tough. Uh, you know, Petro's gone. He was such a great leader and, and teammate. Uh, but, you know, that's just the way hockey is. And, you know, it's a business and, you know, you lose guys every year. So, uh, but yeah, O'Reilly's going to be an awesome captain for us. Uh, you know, he's a great guy, great leader. Uh, you know, he leads by example all the time. So uh, I think it'll be great for us. Yeah. And then we'll get into some more. Um, do the Blues, like, does anyone on the Blues have any weird superstitions that you've seen? I know some Europeans, obviously, they, they can have some weird stuff or even yourself. Like, anybody have anything weird going on before games? Um. I would say there's not much that I see. I mean, I'm not superstitious at all, so I kind of just go with the flow every day. Uh, you know, I like playing the sewer ball and, and kind of just hanging out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. But, yeah, I don't really see too many superstitions going around. Uh, you know, guys got their, their meals or whatever, their snacks. Um, you know, some guys like getting a massage before. So it's kind of just, you know, everyone's preference. But I don't, I don't really see any funny ones happening. Yeah. And then have you, have you learned anything uh, like cool or insightful from, from some vets over your first two years that you just kind of taken in and then we'll be able to pass it along one day? I'd say, I'd say not really. I'd say most of the stuff I kind of, kind of learned is more like lifestyle stuff. You know, you meet people that that can help you out with a bunch of different things. So uh, I'd say that'd be most of the, most of the things that I'd pass on. Yeah, and I guess well, you won everything anyway. So if anybody's going to tell you how to how to win or anything like that, you'll be like, "Listen, I, I already know how to do this." So uh, I wouldn't worry too much about that. That's it for the fan questions. Ross, you got anything? Yeah, I got another that just came to me since we talk about the vets. Um, I want to go back to the, like the Stanley Cup final game seven there in Boston. You're going into like the third period. It's the intermission. Who's talking in the room and like what kinds of things are being said right there in that situation? uh you know for for our team it would be um you know riley would say a bit uh i'm sure sure steiner bowmeister those guys are stepping up you know a lot of those guys played a ton of ton of games to get to that point uh you know throughout their career and you know that that would be their best shot at winning it so i think those those guys are throwing out the most uh most emotional stuff that's for sure yeah, I, I mean, I can't even imagine the nerves, like, heading into that. And then moving along from that question, we'll get into what uh, what was your day in the life with the Cup? I know everyone gets a day in their hometown with the Cup. Um, I heard a little bit in the uh, Duffy clip in his book there, but uh, can you kind of just tell us how cool it was to have the Cup back home and share it with some family and friends? Yeah, I mean, that was uh, that was another one of the, the coolest days of my life. Um you know, I still remember we had a, you know, we had a big tent set up in the backyard for, for all the family and friends to have a, have a nice little party back there. Um, but I think the, the coolest moment of that day was, uh, you know, just when the cup arrived, uh, I had a couple of close family friends there and, you know, my parents and, uh, you know, they're all like so nervous to see the cup. And I still remember when I saw it or when I, you know, pulled it out of the trunk, just right in the backyard. And I just saw some tears from, from, you know, family, friends um and, and my parents as well so uh that was that was pretty cool um you know the day the day I had started out um you know back home just with you know family and friends close group uh and then I went over to to my high school St. Andrews uh so I had stuff with the, the kids camp there and uh you know shared it with some of my guys at the gym or whatever you know trainers and stuff like that uh then I went over to uh park in aurora and kind of just had a community thing where you know people in aurora could come uh you know i cycled through all of our minor hockey teams and and stuff like that uh then i actually stopped at dairy queen on the way home uh got a little blizzard in in the cup and uh so so that picture is still hanging in the the aurora dairy queen i just found out so (laughs) that's unreal uh, i've seen that picture i can confirm that yeah (laughs) yeah it's pretty funny um yeah, and then just back to my house, uh, you know, like I said, we had the huge tent in the backyard, and uh, it was just a party back there. It's that's awesome. awesome. Oh, man, that's mm-hmm. that's so cool. Um, yeah, I just want to say, and, and we texted about it back and forth, but for you coming on, we're going to send you an Axel watch. I got mine on right now. So yeah, it's cards over there. Mine as well. You got to be real. Yes. Good. 
take a look at the website again, send me your pick and, and we'll get that going and you can rock it in, in, into games there. And, and just for the listeners, I want to add, you can use the promo code showbound 15 to get 15% off at Axel watches. But uh, Robbie, thank you for coming on, man. This has been a treat. This has been a lot of fun and I uh, really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to watching you this season. No problem. Thanks guys. That, that was an incredible interview. So cool having a guy who has a resume like him on our show and, and hearing him talk about the Stanley Cup gave me chills, man. Like, what do you think of that? Yeah, man, at 19 to have already won as much as he did. And we talked about it. It's just really cool to hear from him and just get that intel. We've never had a Stanley Cup champion on here before. So it's, it's just really cool to hear. I, I know I've talked to a few uh, guys who won the Cup before and see get their take on it. But, uh, no, it's special to hear everyone's individual experience and then uh, – their time after with the cup, including the parade and then the day back home. So that's pretty special. And uh, yeah, like you said, definitely got a little bit of goosebumps here and hearing about a few of those stories. Support for the Showbound podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Big news, Manscaped just launched in Canada. For those listeners in Canada, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience their life-changing products. Yeah, we were lucky enough. Uh, they sent us a kit, as you guys know, last week. I know Rask has his in hand today, but uh, it's super cool. And uh, no, exactly. Like, it, it's a great product. And I, I've got my fair share of use out of it. Uh, taking my time in the shower now is uh, with that LED light. Uh, nothing's going wrong. No nicks on the sack lately. Yeah, exactly, Cardi. I know it's it's been awesome having them send us that care package. I've been using it as well. And um, yeah, Manscaped redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and have their new and improved lawnmower 3.0, as I'm holding right here if you're watching the video version. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can have a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features, like Cardsy said, is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Once again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. It's time to shave those balls, eh? (laughs) Yeah, you got to keep them fresh. You got to keep them fresh, and Manscaped does the best job for that. So I suggest everyone goes out there and gets them. And if, uh, if you're a girl listening to this podcast, who knows? Go out and buy one for one of your loved ones or family members, and their balls will thank you. (laughs) <laughs> oh man um all right so yeah that just about wraps up this episode i mean we talked about at the beginning we got the toques in stock now so message if you want them i'm wearing it right now and loving it feels good and uh cards you got anything to add this week before we wrap it up no man just uh want to say thanks again for all the support and uh just wishing Can- team canada all the best going forward and let's uh let's bring home the gold here so that pretty much does it for me this week super excited about this episode and uh yeah 